If you visit the capital of the greatest nation in the world, would you find God? Today on In Grace, join historian Andrew Phipps and me as we visit the sites and look for God's hand in American history. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today, as next week is Memorial Day, we're going to be featuring a special patriotic type of episode today here on Grace, and we're going to be bringing you a, a series that we did in Washington, D.C. with historian Andrew Phipps. Andrew and I walked through the different monuments and buildings, and we were trying to decide if we could find God in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find God with the current leadership that we have in our nation's capital, but you would be surprised to find out how many references there are to the Word of God, to God Himself, the Lord— on our monuments and on our memorials and on our buildings. And I love that. Unless we start chiseling off these references to God, they're there. And I love that they're there in stone. So we're going to go through D.C. And, and find those things today and tomorrow here on In Grace as we lead up to Memorial Day next Monday. Right before we get into that, let me tell you about something that you really should contact us for. We've got these great tracks. These are gospel tracks that are, we call them the flag track. It's the story of old glory, the story of the flag. And as I hand these out around patriotic holidays, like Memorial Day, I found that people take them. They, they won't throw them down. And so this is a great tool that you can use to share the gospel. And we're going to give you 25 for your gift of any amount. All you have to do is contact us here at InGrace at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. And then also, let me tell you that we have a really, really wonderful travel opportunity where you can go on Alaska Creation Cruise with us at InGrace with a creation speaker, seven days in Alaska. And uh, I'll be there with my wife and we will be ministering to you as well. So consider coming to Alaska. The brochure is free on our website, ingraceradio.com. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Brother Phipps, this is a beautiful city because of the layout. Someone had designed this very well. Yes, a Frenchman by the name of La Enfant put this into the proper perspective. Actually, Washington, D.C. and the Constitution is put in the radius of eight miles. As we think about this beautiful area, we face then the Washington Monument. And uh, of course, you know, uh, this is such uh, a, a central part. Everybody recognizes this obelisk that goes up about 855 feet. and. You said that nothing can be built taller nothing, than that. Nothing can be built taller than that in the city. So you're not going to have 25-story buildings in Washington, D.C. Uh, the design of this monument here, of course, to our first president, who was in the hearts of his countrymen, George Washington, what an individual. Uh, he believed God. He trusted God. He 
He admonished the nations to uh, trust God. He was a, a very central person, obviously the very first president, and in that respect, never accepted the title of king or nothing like that. He had, uh, his career had been a surveyor and then just serving his country as the leader in the American Revolution, and then unanimously, unanimously being chosen to be our first president. Wow. You know, Pastor, at the Battle of Trenton there, when uh, he crossed the Delaware there on, on Christmas Eve, by a miracle of God, a fog came in and just at the right time and kept their identity hidden. And that's happened on a number of occasions where you see it, it just seems like it has to be God's providence yeah. that he wanted this nation founded. Right. This nation has been, for many years, a light to the world. Right. It has been a place of freedom, and we've been able to promote freedom. And in that, we've been able to promote the Lord God, Jesus right. Christ, missions. It all really comes back down to this nation's founding. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we're also reminded in Holy Scripture that blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, we're told that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so I believe Christianity can exist without America, but I don't believe that America will make it without Christianity. You know, the church grew out of adversity and they scattered abroad whenever we're preaching the word. And our nation came here, this little fledgling nation, we didn't have really a chance against the greatest empire, the, the British fleet, the sun never sets on it, was the motto of that time. But God, but God in his mercy granted us victory. And because that servants like George Washington here, where we are today, Pastor, what a great moment in our history and legacy. And I hope that we keep their memories alive. Jefferson was no doubt a genius. Uh, I often think of the story that John Kennedy said when he had a reception in the White House, Pastor, and there were very distinguished guests there, literary figures, people from all walks of life. And he said, never has there been so much talent assembled in the White House since Jefferson dined alone. <laughs> and no doubt about it, Jefferson had, he was very eloquent, with words. He didn't think he was a very good speaker and uh, he didn't want to give the State of the Union in person. That wasn't resumed until Woodrow Wilson, hmm. but he would write a letter. And of course, he, in all of his achievements, he designed his own home at Monticello, the University of Virginia. And uh, of course, being the first Secretary of State, second Vice President, third President, the thing that he wanted to be remembered for was the author of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Jefferson was only 34 when he wrote this great uh, declaration, and it was so eloquent and so far advanced for his time period. He started off by saying, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them 
a decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they declare the causes which impel them to the separation. That was the first paragraph. Hmm. Paragraph two says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. He said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free, it expects what never was and never will be. Thomas Jefferson helped with, of course, securing uh, the French's help for America, also right. helped uh, stop us having to pay tribute to basically the, pirates, yeah, right? bar, bar, the Barbary pirates is who yeah. it was. And then, and but the, you were just saying that sometimes you have to meet force with force. We do uh, simply because uh, that's the only thing uh, that nations uh, respect. And uh, I think it was Reagan that said, "Trust but verify." When he was talking about the arsenal of weaponry that uh, the Soviet Union had. And he wanted to make sure that we didn't get into agreements that would be inimical to our interests. For example, when Naval Chamberlain at the end of the 30s came home to Great Britain waving a paper saying that we have peace in our time, really it became known as the paper of appeasement. Mm -hmm. uh, Hitler got up at the at the... Reichstag, the legislature there in Germany, made fun of it, laughed hilariously, uh, and began to overrun nations like Poland, Czechoslovakia. He named them one by one. And obviously, Mr. Chamberlain was made to look very silly in his decision-making. And uh, I think today that we have to keep that in mind that uh, nations only respect nations that are strong and free and resolute nations that are not going to give up our essential liberties. As Franklin said, those who give up permanent liberties for temporary security deserve neither liberty nor security. America needs to return to God. And here at In Grace, we have three products that will help bring our country back to the Lord. First, a track that tells the story of our symbol of freedom, the American flag as well as the spiritual freedom found in Jesus. Next is our two-part audio series, Is America a Christian Nation? And finally, a DVD called America's Christian History that was filmed at the actual places where God's providence changed the course of our nation's history. When you give towards the cause of the gospel, we will thank you by sending you 25 flag tracks. If your gift is $15 or more, we will include the CD series, Is America a Christian Nation? As a special thank you for your gift of $25 or more, you will also receive our two-part DVD series, America's Christian History. Just call 800-78-GRACE. Write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047, or visit ingraceradio.com for more information. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. In the Jefferson Memorial, we have some of his quotes. Right. 
I'm going to say almost every founding father knew the Bible, knew right. the principles of the right. Bible, and had great respect for it. And here is another example etched in our history. I mean, one day do you think they'll take this down? I hope not. I hope not. When it says God who gave us life gave us liberty, can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed the conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Commerce between master and slave is despotism. Nothing is more certainly written in the book of fate than that these people are to be free. Establish the law for educating the common people. This, it is the business of the state to effect and on a general plan. You know, when you think about pastor, that he said the God who gave us liberty, who gave us life. That's why I think that we need to defend the principle of life. I believe that life is sacred. I believe that he knew us when we were in our mother's womb, when our parts were yet not formed. And so God gave us life. We, uh, it didn't come from the government. If the government could have given us our rights, the government could take them away. But they're God-given rights. That's why we must do everything we can to defend those principles. These are the cornerstones of this country. Right. And people that are trying to act like, well, you know, there's no place for God anywhere in the public sphere, they're missing it. Now, Thomas Jefferson, in another quote, was talking about the, the freedom that we have in this country to believe or not believe. Right. And, and that's a beautiful thing that we have here. People have the freedom to to not have any faith or any religion at all. And we fight for that freedom too. And you know, when he uh, wrote that letter to the Danbury Con uh, Baptist in Connecticut, January the 1st, 1801, and he said, there's a wall of separation, a wall of separation of church and state. Nowhere in the constitution can you find the words separation of church and state, it's not there. What Jefferson was merely saying that church people our freedom of religion should not be hindered by the state trying to set the dictates or the doctrine for the state. You know, men at that time that had to get licenses to preach. Earlier on, people like Obadiah Holmes was beaten uh, at the stake for not having a license. Back in the early period of time, uh, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, was uh, incarcerated. The judge said, I'll let you go. You've got a blind daughter. And uh, he said, if you'll just agree not to, uh, agree not to preach anymore. John Bunyan said, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you let me out, I'll be on the streets of London preaching. And so that resolution, that dedication to the Bible, you know, we, uh, all of them, the apostles, maybe except one, died a martyr's death. And we have a big problem in our country, and that is uh, in our government schools, our children are being indoctrinated with godless philosophies. Right. Secularism, uh, the idea of there are no absolutes. Moral relativism, that if you like something, it's okay. You, can you believe that in, earlier on when we had men like Noah Webster and the great educator, they taught people to read out of the Basom Reader, uh, the New England Primer, and, and the readings went like, in the letter A, we send all, C, Christ crucified for sinners died. Later, we went to the philosophy of John Dewey, and John Dewey said, man doesn't have a soul. There is no God, and we've seen what's happened. And that's why I like the 10 commandments. Six of those commandments deal with man's relationship to man. 
And you know, the irony is, the Supreme Court ruled in, in one of its utter dictums that could not allow Bible reading or whatever in school because of the Ten Commandments, because the students might read them, obey them, and venerate them. I guess they thought that children reading not to steal, not to bear false witness, that that might be injurious to them. How ludicrous. And we've gone so far from interpreting the laws. We went to that Hegel philosophy in Germany where it's positive legalism. And now even when we nominate what we think are strict constructionists, many of them are in compliance with the idea that if it's acceptable by the society, then that makes it okay. Our founding fathers ruled according to what was said in the Constitution. And could they make it applicable to modern day rulings? Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president, his son Robert, who was quite a railroad entrepreneur and really the surviving son, Abraham Lincoln really ended up not having uh, very few uh, relatives, grandchildren or anything like that. But uh, he had suffered great tragedy, lost two sons while he was at the White House. His mother died when he was seven years old. He was born in Kentucky came to live in Indiana in his uh, formative years, and then uh, young adolescence, we'd say, and then he went to Illinois, the land of Lincoln. And uh, Lincoln was no doubt a genius. For example, when he gave the Gettysburg Address, it only had 267 words in it. But uh, a gentleman by the name of Edward Everett, who was also from Illinois, gave a two-hour oration. Later, he remarked that he wished that he could have captured the essence of what Lincoln did in his maybe three minute address or less. And you know, when he concluded that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. What a statement. Uh, you know, he wanted to govern his last uh, uh, State of the Union. He said, with malice towards none, and charity for all. Lincoln believed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. he, he talked about that it was the most precious book that had ever been given to man. And although he had to deal with some depression and his wife had some issues and he suffered greatly. You know, the presidency, other than one term serving in the, the House of Representatives is all the political uh, uh, victories that he'd ever had. So he came to power when the states were rebelling and seceding. and uh, But historians put him usually right behind Washington in terms of being a favorite president. What a wonderful individual. I, it's, uh, it's amazing when we think about his contribution. I really believe that, I think we'll find out that Lincoln was a Christian. I believe that. I know well, there have been books written about it. Right. A lot of people look at his life and say they see a, a transition from in, when he was a young man, he almost was an atheist in, right. in many ways. But the, the longer he lived, I think the more he saw God and the more that he understood about the Lord Jesus. Right. This is one of the most beautiful memorials in all of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Can you imagine making that decision that he had to make? to, even though he knew there, there would be war, 
there would be brothers fighting brothers. Right. But to, to sign the Emancipation Proclamation, to say we all are created equal. Right. We should not have this right. institution that had been around for centuries called slavery. Right. The boldness of that move. Right. And you know, it, it took the focus from being simply a war to preserve the Union to a war of emancipation, a war of freedom. I really believe that Lincoln thought that people were created equal. Now, he had to deal with this issue, which was so prevalent at the time, but he also made the statement, and it was very prophetic. He said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And uh, I think he saw the baneful and the harmful effects of what slavery would be. But after the Battle of Antietam, he declared that our focus would be to free the slaves. And uh, no doubt, probably well ahead of his time in so many respects. And for a man to be of limited education, not to be considered erudite and scholarly, what beautiful poetic prose, so to speak, you might call it, that he was able to state that we could still remember much many of his, his sayings, which are inscribed right here in this beautiful memorial. And he said, if you give the people the facts, he said, our republic will be saved. And I believe that uh, if we can get people educated, you know, our job is to educate, is to advocate, and also to participate. Mm -hmm. We've got to participate. We to. We've got to do our duty. Uh, to do anything less, I think would be sinful. We will continue this amazing journey next time. But before we go, let me ask you if you have found God in your life. He loves you enough to create you. Even more, He died for your sins on a cross. He rose again the third day and is now offering you everlasting life as a gift. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Please put your trust in Jesus alone as your personal Savior. And when you do, you will have found God in your life once and for all. Well, I hope you've enjoyed Finding God in Washington, D.C., and we're gonna play more of that for you tomorrow. And I've also really enjoyed being with Andrew Phipps. He's a historian and just his voice and his cadence, and even the way he looks. Uh, when we were there in D.C., we had a lot of people coming up to him and thinking he was a, a senator or something uh, with his white hair, and I know it's hard to see that on the radio, but uh, what a delightful man Andrew Phipps is. And so you'll enjoy hearing more from him and I in D.C. tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of In Grace. Right before we go, you heard me at the beginning talk about the flag track, the story of old glory. We have a gospel track that features how we got our flag and what the flag represents. And then we transition into the freedom that can be found because of the gospel, because of the cross of Jesus. And we'd like to send you 25 of these so that you can hand them out, especially during patriotic holidays in the United States. People will receive these and they'll take them and they'll read the gospel. And uh, we'd love to send these to you. What we're going to do is say, would you send us a gift of any amount? It can be $5, $10, $20. And whatever that amount is, we're going to thank you by sending you 25 of these great flag gospel tracks. Now, 
If your gift is $15 or more, we're also going to include a really great audio CD, Is America a Christian Nation? A two-part series that I think you'll find very helpful. And then if your gift can be $25 or more, we're going to send you the flag tracks and the audio CD, Is America a Christian Nation? But then we're going to send you a very popular two-part DVD series called America's Christian History, Did God Intervene? So we'd love to send you these great resources that will help you find that God was very much involved in the founding of this country. The number is 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, and our website is ingraceradio.com. When you give towards the cause of the gospel, we will thank you by sending you 25 flag tracks. If your gift is $15 or more, we will include the CD series as America a Christian Nation. As a special thank you for your gift of $25 or more, you will also receive our two-part DVD series, America's Christian History. Just call 800-78-GRACE. Write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Or visit ingraceradio.com for more information. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr., InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.